Hey everybody, I'm Anthony. I'm Noah. I'm Zach. I'm Sadie. I'm Dane. I'm Tucker. And this is Schultz Unfiltered. Hey everybody, thanks for having us back again today. Uh, we're excited to be here. We have our first guest, Mr. Brian Wolf. Uh, and as you guys have known, you watched a couple episodes of us now. We've been, been taking on a, f- a few topics, which uh, we felt were important to us uh, and at the time. But eventually we did want to get in to talking to guests and and, f- and friends of, of the podcast and friends that are close to us. So we can, so for, for these five young individuals here, talk about what they want to do with their life and, and understand what other people have done and the paths they've gone on and how they got there. And uh, Brian is a, is a good friend of all of ours. And uh, he and I worked together for eight years at, at ProStar, but also had time to pursue a career in athletics. And you guys have heard about how involved we all are with sports, whether it's uh, baseball, lacrosse, swimming, or whatnot. And so without what better way to kick it off with somebody who spent a, quite a lot of time in sports, especially, and learn a little bit about your story. So Brian, we're, 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 Happy you're here. Uh, product of Snohomish. Is that right? Snohomish yep, area? Go Panthers. Go Panthers. That's right. And then uh, went on to, um, to play at the UW and then on from there. So we'd love to hear just a little bit about your story and what you grew up and, and what you were passionate about and how you got there. I know these guys are going to interject along the way as we go. Yeah, please do. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to hang out and um, yeah, fire away whenever something comes off the top of your head. Be happy to answer it, but um, yeah, I grew up in Snohomish. Um, I think we moved there when I was about two. Um, my parents were from the area. My dad's from Spokane, and uh, family of six. Uh, I'm the middle brother. I, I got wait. Your family is six, or your dad's family is six? No, my I am a part of family six. So mom, dad, and then I'm the second youngest, uh, older sister, your older brother, year older, and then a younger sister. So. Kind of got the brothers sandwiched in the middle, which is pretty nice. <laughs> Just like Sadie, sandwiched exactly. in the middle. Yes, exactly. Perfect. So how was your childhood? How was my childhood? It was it was great. Um, yeah, no complaints there. Um, we had a lot of remodels of our house. It was built in like 1896, so there's a lot of family adventures uh, going on. And uh, we, we would always make a, a, a big effort to do family vacations together, and that was... Uh, awesome time so yeah. um, that was definitely one of the massive highlights yeah so when did you start so you you pursued a career in baseball so mm-hmm. when did you start playing baseball uh i think there's some home videos somewhere of me grabbing those little yellow plastic bats from when i was like two and um yeah. my great grandma great grandpa throwing softballs or softballs wiffle balls to me and just smacking them at two years old and from there, when other kids were sleeping with like teddy bears, I would sleep with a skateboard or a golf club <laughs> or a football. So I, there wasn't much stuffed animals going on in in my life. It was all there's a funny story. We uh, had a remodel, a uh, big remodel at our house, and my mom loves to tell a story. And um, these big, just burly construction workers are over at the house all day, and it's just my mom. My dad's traveling a lot, and I walked straight up to one of them and just looked at me and I said, "Got any balls?" <laughs> and I'm thinking basketball, baseball. And my mom's just, "What are you doing?" And so that was pretty much on my mind twenty four seven. Yeah, exactly. Twenty four seven in every every sport. Were you 
so a lot of people look at videos like oh, that guy's a, a, a natural athlete. Mm-hmm. And so did you hear that a lot growing up? Did you play multiple sports or what did that look like for you? Yeah. Um, basically, whatever season it was, I wanted to do it. Um, There's only one season I stopped playing and I quit baseball. Actually, when I was 10, I didn't play between 10 and 12. For I have no idea why. Probably because a couple of my friends wanted to play basketball or spring basketball or something. So I did that. Um, but... Yeah, soccer I knew I hated from the beginning. Um, <laughs> running's not my thing. <laughs> so I like to be the goalie. Um, but, yeah, every season, T-ball, I always was on my brother's team, which was great. So that kind of helped me have a lot more competition, just playing with older kids, bigger kids. But, yeah, every sport, whatever season it was, that's what we were doing for sure. Nice. Okay. And then um, when did you know – you kept with baseball, though, and in high school, like – when did you decide you wanted to do this beyond high school? Um, I can't remember the timeline, but it was between – I had a bad injury, an accident, um, actually on a playground when I was 12. We were, I was swinging on a swing set, and the kid next to me grabbed the chain that I was coming down, and so I hit my legs on, like, the side metal bar, and at 12 years old, I tore my ACL, and that was, like, the youngest the doctor had ever done at that point. And so that was kind of took that whole 12 to 13 all sports out. And so it was kind of like starting fresh. And somehow I can't quite remember how I got on a, like a, not travel, but I think it was a pony baseball team with a bunch of other Snohomish kids. And, you know, love baseball was playing that. It's again, playing all the sports throughout every season. And then when I got to year 14, there's kind of something that switched where, you know, I was, I was, pretty exceptional uh, on my team, but also just against anybody else. And um, we went to this regional tournament in – it was either Covina or Mission something in California. And everybody was there swimming in the pool, having a good time, and all I could think about was how we were going to win the next game and, and keep going. And so it was kind of at that point I was like, something's changing versus wanting to play with friends and have a good time versus all I can think about is wanting to win and compete. And how come they're not focused <laughs> during this at, and that's silly at 14, you know, kids <laughs> aren't doing that. So, but I think that's, that's a good age though. And I think, you know, Zach and no, you guys are a little older and playing at a high school level. Now, have you seen that when you're playing with friends or felt that you're, you're yourself as well? Uh, well, I mean like, Yesterday when I was at practice, they usually have music playing, and while I'm I'm in goal, dancing around, they're they're all just like, score 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 score, and just, but oh my offense is just scoring, uh, and then when it comes to me, I'm saving it, and then I'm throwing back out, and I keep dancing. I'm not very competitive until it's the game, which I'm laser focused on the ball. That's good. Have you, have you seen a switch and teammates too? From you, you just started with the high school now compared to eighth grade. So. Uh, well, I mean, last season, um, they were it was a little less unfocused because it wasn't like super competitive. But when the tournament that that tournament la- a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, we were like really really focused on that, and uh, only on the downtimes were we um, not focused. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm guessing this this next season will be a lot more focused rather than playful. Nice. Tucker, are you super serious when you play baseball? Yes. Yes. 
Oh, yes. okay, get that out. Yes. Have you have you had a switch flip in you? You're gonna be only serious now. Yes. So, on our <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's so, good. We we appreciate that <laughs> feedback. So on our tournament, we had done two teams at the same time. So we done the Diamondbacks two times. Then on our tournament. We did we did the Diamondbacks, so we we got thirteen. They got five, so we won. <laughs> nice. nice, Tucker. What's another question you have for Mr. Brian? Uh, what was your favorite sport? My favorite sport. <laughs> That's actually a great question. Um, at the time when I was younger, probably prior to fourteen, it was whatever I was playing. Whatever's on TV at that time is I'm all in. Um, and then I've always had this under underlying love for golf. We just we didn't grow up with, you know, uh, extra money to spend on nice golf courses or clubs or whatever. So I went probably three or four times a year. I, I think if I'd played more, I would have fallen in love with it and been obsessed with it. But, um, yeah, I'd say it's probably a tie between golf and baseball. One, because I followed through on one of them, but the other just because I just have a natural love for it without, you know, competing necessarily when I was younger. Would you rather have done golf over, over baseball? That's a, a funny question. My dad always said it came more natural than any of the other sports for whatever reason. Golf did or Yeah, baseball? golf did. Um, but I was 5'8 in 6th grade. I was 6'1 in 7th grade, uh, and I'm not going practicing – golf a lot so you know on three different sports teams so golf was always always in the in the background um i'm gonna say no because i love it so much now uh, and it's hard to watch baseball now because you're diagnosing a lot of what's happening that i I think i wouldn't enjoy golf as much if if i had pursued that hardcore as a younger uh, and you played football for a year you said you were you were the quarterback for a Uh, year (laughs) my parents didn't want me to play football noticeably i mean having a torn acl at 12 they don't want to have a lot more contact injuries so um i begged them to play football my sophomore year had never actually played tackle football and went out and it was an absolute blast um had a great time yeah i was one of our backup quarterbacks played right receiver primarily and right after that is when i got extremely heavily recruited uh, for baseball um because that's when they can start uh, sending you letters. And it was pretty quick turn off to flip that switch and say, yeah, we're not doing this. <laughs> Just doing baseball. So I, I, I would have liked to, if I had started from a younger age, I have no doubt I would have wanted to play at least through high school. But I'm, my body's not built for football. I just yeah. like messing around. So what was it? So then you, you decided you got recruited and you decided to go to UW. Mm-hmm. So what was the biggest difference between playing at a high school level or a collegiate level? Um, Pop. And this is Schultz Unfiltered, and Noah has to go to work. <laughs> so we're, he's going to do that. We're going to pause for a minute. Oh, Thanks, Noah. Yep. See you later. later. Can I say something? Not yet. You can say anything you want to right now because we're paused. Okay. So, Brian, what was... Stop. What? Okay. It's good. So, what was your favorite show on when you're, in, when you're a kid? Like TV show? Oh man! Wow, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna date myself, huh? 
Um, You're not going to be older than me. Don't worry. I would have said Smurfs. I'm trying to... You know what? This is going to sound funny. We didn't... We had just a basic... Um, I don't know how many channels were basic. 13? Like, uh, well, you We didn't have cable four, growing five, up. 4, 5, 7, 10, 13. Yeah. 21, maybe? So if you'd asked me what my favorite show was, I would have said sports. Stupid answer. But honestly, when we would go to Lake Chelan to my grandma's cabin, they had cable. And so that was our time to binge watch Spongebob. <laughs> so the original episodes, it, you're exhausted from playing at the lake all day. You're sunburned. And we would just lay. There's pictures of us sprawled out all over the floor of this, just all with all the lotion and all the aloe on watching Spongebob. So that, that's got a soft spot in my heart. <laughs> all right. Well, did you, did you land it? <laughs> he did. Yeah. Oh, nice. He landed it. Uh, okay, so we were talking about the difference between high school and collegiate. So mm-hmm. what was that big change for you? Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't massive. I, was, I should back up to that story of when I decided that I was kind of done pursuing hanging out with friends and playing baseball and we were just praying and being like, what is the next move? I don't even know what's out there. And so back to Chelan, I'm, I'm 160 pounds, 6'3", and left-handed, and I'm throwing a football on the beach where we've been for years, many, many years. And uh, a, a guy stopped and started talking to me and my dad and was asking us if I played baseball. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, well, you should maybe come try out for our team and – Unbeknownst to me, he was a Mariner scout who was inviting me to play for a select baseball team, who we, which he coached in the summer. And so I show up to this tryout as a 15-year-old. If I turned sideways, I'd disappear. I was so skinny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know who I was facing, but they were throwing hard. I got a couple hits, and they asked me to be on their team. I was like, great. And um, they scholarshiped me in because we didn't have the money. I mean, you guys know how much select sports are. It's, yeah. I mean, even back then, twenty five hundred bucks a year seemed like a lot, and I know some select teams are like now. five grand. Yeah, the tr- uh, tr- select like travel teams, mm-hmm. yeah, which mm-hmm. we could spend a lot of time talking about, but totally yes, expensive. So I feel very blessed that out of nowhere, right after this tournament, we go straight to Chelan, and all of a sudden, you know, this is this opportunity is provided. So we were just like, all right, let's let's join. And another kid on my high school team who was really good, he was also on that, or he was on a younger team. And so I show up, I didn't know that I was trying out for an 18-year-old team as a 15-year-old. And so when I, they called me, they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you on the team. I go to my first practice and I'm hitting with a, a big left-handed hitter. And because we're both lefties, so we're paired up together in the cage. And uh, we're hitting and um, I get done and the coach are like, hey, what do you think? You know, how, how do you think he hits? And I was like, yeah, he, he hits it pretty hard. He's like, well, he's about to be a millionaire because he's going to get drafted in the top 10 picks of the Major League Baseball draft. I was like, what's that? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so even up to 14, loving all this, I had no – I didn't no know how people concept. got to the big leagues. No mm. concept of it. So, um, yeah, anyways, and that's what uh, jumped me from high school to a higher level. Now, in those summer ball teams we're playing, I mean, we had multiple guys thrown in the 90s, and so – um, I had a very large taste of kind of what I was going to face, at least somewhat in, in the college level. Um, so high school, the biggest difference is you're facing, you know, a bunch of you. You're, you're the one guy on your high school team who's the best, best in the state. 
now there's 40 of them on your team. And you got to go play the other 40 guys who are the best players on their teams in their state. And so the competition is – it just consistently is elevated. So it takes a while to adapt to, you know, just the high school level, 85 miles an hour to 87 is really fast to, mm-hmm. for a high school pitcher to throw in the Northwest. Well, in, in college you're getting – low to mid to upper 90s but when you see it all the time you eventually adapt so i would say consistently it's that that level of fast pace your brain's got to switch into a different gear of decision making that's a lot quicker hmm. well sadia said that she <clears throat> wants to play softball at the uw so it's a great program yeah so what is what it, what sister what are some questions you might have how relations to softball in the uw what it, what it looks like to be there how much did you train like how how like how long? You're gonna hate this answer. Um, none. Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. In high school, I was very blessed and gifted to be a really good athlete, and I trained and I went to practices, and I was in really good shape because I was playing on three different teams, sometimes four, if I was playing basketball and training and baseball in the winter at the same time. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't really do a whole lot besides play. Uh, it wasn't until college that I realized there's a whole different aspect to this. So um, if I could do it all over again, that would be a massive part of what I would do. Um, how long did it take you to adapt, like, how fast the pitching was? Probably it's pretty quick because that's all you're seeing all the time. And so you it just becomes the norm. So probably in in fall, it'd probably take, like, 25 at bats so that that's probably most of fall ball in college and then from there on it's just all the same and just consistently trying to if you had gotten better. those 25 pitches to adapt and someone threw like a low 80 would you would you have swung earlier yeah probably struck out <laughs> no um and i'm sorry i meant 25 at bats like where you're facing a pitcher you know a different pitcher 25 different times um but you're seeing all their off speed too so you're seeing and even those are faster. I mean, you're seeing now you're seeing 83 mile an hour sliders, which that was the fastball in high school. But now that's moving that much, mm-hmm. it's a different game. But the coaches really teach you how to think smarter and have what's called an approach to what you're doing, whether it's working out, eating, hitting, that sort of thing. So, so how when 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 I'm in goal playing lacrosse, mm-hmm. I'm making those speeds as well. What was the best thing that you, they, they did to watch the ball? Let's say that again. When I'm playing in goal, as in lacrosse, I'm getting those speeds as well. Mm-hmm. What What is the best thing that you did to track the ball? Uh, open your mouth and leave it open. It's hard, very it's very hard to blink <laughs> when your open mouth your is mouth. open. And, oh, really? so, and it relaxes your whole face. And so you're able to see things a, a lot clearer. Yeah, not like that. <laughs> you don't want to look like the ghost <laughs> or the guy on screen. But just like if your mouth's open, it relaxes the, the rest of your muscles in your face and you're not as tense and you're able to track it better. Huh. Okay. And that is trademarked uh, routines, by the way, under Brian Wolf. So <laughs> if anybody sells it, we know we know where, yeah. where it came from. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of little nuances you can use for those things. So what was, what was it like managing uh, college athletic experience with your academics? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, the University of Washington was very gracious to me. Uh, I they had me attend a summer class prior to um, 
to enrolling in order to qualify. And I had a three, three in high school. That's, I mean, it's not great, but, um, it's not blowing the socks off of the GPA. Um, but I, yeah, I was, I was there. It was me, uh, two of my roommates who I won't embarrass by <laughs> listing their names and the rest were all the football team. And so it was all the guys that were scholarship that they wanted to make sure got into school. And so, um, the balance of that was I had a lot of tutoring a lot because at 21, so this was my, actually, sorry, not 21. It would have been 19 or 20 years old. I, um, found out I had learning disabilities with reading, um, ADD, ADHD. Um, and so I was in tutoring constantly. And so baseball is a full-time job in college. It's, it's, it's way different than anything you think about in high school. Cause that's all you're there to do. Uh, along with school. And so it'd be weightlifting classes, practice, uh, trainer, um, dinner, tutors back to your apartment. So it was pretty regimented. And when it's regimented that way, school is, is a lot easier to pack in, but there's not a lot of extra free time for free time for doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so you still, you played, how many years were you at the U? Uh, I was there I played, I had redshirt one year, so I, I played all four of my eligible years. Okay. There, yeah. And then when did you decide, or when were you approached that, hey, you can go on to the next, the next level here? You could, you could play in the, in the major leagues. Yeah. I was actually in, in high school. I was very heavily recruited um, by many, many colleges, got a lot of offers. And with that comes scouts and opportunities uh, to play in the minor leagues. And all they're doing is asking you, how much do you need to sign for in order to skip college? And so being a immature but extremely good athlete in high school, I was like, oh, this is great. And my senior year, I just put way too much pressure on myself and just absolutely tanked and played terrible my last year. Um, still got to go to UW. But um, at that point, I knew I had the ability for sure if I put it all together. Um, and then in college, is you're playing against the best players in the best conference, and it's uh, Pac-12 and the SEC the two premier baseball conferences and you're one of the best players in that conference, you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to get drafted. So mm. there's a pretty clear path of how to do it. It's yeah. just executing on it. Dane, you had a question? Um, did, did you have to go to college to play um, baseball or like sports? Uh, I think, are you asking for the, like for the Huskies or do you mean, could I have skipped that and played minor leagues? Yeah, like, because you have, like, skipped college and then played, like, baseball instead of doing college. Yeah, yeah, you can't. So you can either get drafted when you're 18 um, or when you're 21, age-wise. Mm-hmm. Or if you if you go to a four-year school, you have to wait till you're 21 or a junior. If you go to a junior college, you can get drafted at a high school, the first year at a junior college or the second year at a junior college, which is interesting. Hmm. Rather, so junior college, you can basically get drafted any time. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, and I might have that first year thing wrong, but I know for sure you can get drafted after your second year um, at a junior college. So a lot of guys will go that route if maybe they aren't mature enough physically or they didn't get the big scholarship offer they want. A lot of guys will go there, work out, and then um, either transfer to a D1, a bigger D1, rather than going to play D3 or something like that. Okay. But then, so you were being scouted in, in high school. Tucker, you want to say something, buddy? Uh, what was your favorite 
a chore. Oh, well, we're gonna roll it up. Yeah, yeah you can push. pick. You can do favorite chore now as an adult, a married adult with a child, oh. or favorite chore as a, as a kid. You get to pick. Oh, I don't know if I call it a chore or hobby, but yard work. Love that. Now we're oh, as yeah, a kid. Now. Actually, no, that is why I loved it. Because once I, I so desperately wanted to be able to mow the lawn when I was a kid, but my dad thought I'd cut my toes off, <laughs> and which he might have been right. But it's once okay. I, that day I got to do it, oh, yeah. And he, the joke was on me because he was going to pay me to do it, but he saw how excited I was that he didn't have to pay me. So he saved his, he saved his money. Cause I it's okay. Mow it had, the lawn. I had a friend growing up in high school who somehow managed to break both his arms mowing the lawn <laughs> so i don't know how it happened all that's i know impressive. is it happened so your dad wasn't too far yeah, off that's good. yes you could have lost but there's lost something about the straight lines and yeah i don't know it's soothing yes yeah very so. soothing what's your favorite part about playing baseball um actually the game hitting for sure no doubt about it oh i love hitting. yeah it's the best right it's the absolute best what do you love about hitting uh Hit the ball all the way to Mexico. Yep. Yes. I like hitting the ball, then be able to be on base, and then you can just like mess with the catcher and mm-hmm. everyone, and then just get a steal. But then if you like get out, then like that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> like steal, then you're like out. No, I definitely say hitting. Um, I love the mental side of it, uh, especially at the higher level. Is you don't have really have a good chance. I mean, you fail seventy percent of the time, right? So the pitcher's gonna win most of the time, and so the best part was going in there with a plan. You've studied what they, their tendencies are, what they like to do, what they're, if they're struggling, what their go-to pitch is. And if you do it right and they throw it right where you're expecting, you still <laughs> will probably get out. So that was, the, that was a, you know, the most fun part for me was just that, that mental side of things, but yeah. for sure hitting. Well, and then I've, locker room. I was cuz growing <laughs> up I played trumpet for forever and Zach's playing clarinet and mm-hmm. Dane's playing saxophone now. I was I always felt like as a musician if you miss one note in an entire performance uh you're like shunned mm-hmm. versus going to get you for throughout the rest of the, the Correct, <laughs> but as a baseball player you can miss 7 out of out of 10 times and make millions of dollars. So I was a little a little jelly I, growing I up would with agree. the difference. Yes. I would agree. My my wife, you guys know Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, she was a world class Irish dancer. You start out with points, and when you make a mistake, you lose them. Yeah. There is no getting them back. There's nothing enjoyable about that. You just slowly lose. At least in baseball, you could you could be losing 0-2, and you just make one guess, and you're right, and you get a hit. And so there's that. What there's there's two sides of it mentally. It's like I can't strike out here. Like this. Like can't make a mistake here or the flip side of it is like oh it's 0-2 with the bases loaded and the game on the line what if I got a hit and so there's two different mentalities to it. it's like backs up against the wall how cool would it be the story I get to tell later versus I don't want people to talk about me because I failed later so that I think I, that was yeah that was yeah. a really enjoyable so what, what was your what was the minor the minor league experience like for you <laughs> it was um you seen Bull Durham? I have. They haven't. It's like that. Um, very much so. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot so of things you can't unsee. You're playing a, <laughs> you're playing a game every other day, yeah, and then oh, you're spending, a, you spending a lot, oh, okay. a lot of time on the bus. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, anywhere from one-hour bus rides, depending. Um, I'll go back to right when I started was Ogden, Utah. Um, 
Orem, somebody's going to know better than I. I won't say it's an hour and a half maybe. maybe two. That was our closest one. Then we got Grand Junction, which is like 14 hours. Yeah. Um, and everywhere in between. So you're, you don't really get to – you don't fly until AA. Um, and so that was uh, – you wake up, you go to the field around noon if you have early work, one, two, sometime in there. Game's at seven. To eat, you have all your, you know, workouts. You have batting practice. You come back in, you rest, you prep for the game. You play a 7 o'clock game. You leave the field at somewhere around 10, 11, sometimes home at midnight, just depending on the game. And then you sleep till about 11 <laughs> or noon, and then you're back at it again. And, and that's you, uh, in the minor leagues, it's 141. I think it's 141 games. 141. And what did you do in the offseason? Oh, offseason um, – that was that was a lot. That's where I kind of had to grow up a lot is because you don't have to do anything. I, I have, My job is baseball. I have no money, though. Because what does the average minor leaguer make? We made $880 was our paycheck a month, which is not a lot. So you, you spend your entire childhood, mm-hmm. college, and now young adult for the, for the right to make 800 bucks a month, mm-hmm. and you're in the top – one percent of all baseball players. I mean, you get a nice signing bonus, but let's say, let's say you made a five hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. What is? How many years does that? I mean, you got to make that last because you're getting paid eight hundred dollars. So it's not like you're loaded now. I mean, you are technically for, for a while, for, for a minute, for an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. But that spread out over time when you have to buy your bats, cleats, apartments. So he got. So he. So what? First of all, what do you think about that number? So now you're you're basically in a minor league or major league, and you have eight hundred dollars a month. Well, from going to zero to eight hundred, that's a big bump. Well, let me tell you this: What if, what if bats and cleats? What if your bat costs one hundred and ten dollars? Yeah. And you break three in a game. Yeah. Three in a game. Yeah. Hey, There's I've done. Cost. I did it. It hurt. And I've heard you say before you wanted to have good equipment because you didn't want to have to blame the equipment. That's why you didn't do it. This is your only chance to be playing professional baseball, so you're not going to skimp on a cheaper bat, a cheaper glove, cheaper equipment. And so you want the best thing to give you the best opportunity. But, yeah, there was a game I broke three bats, and that was half a paycheck, basically. For the month. (laughs) Yeah, for a month. So it it, it gets spendy (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So back to the offseason. I ended up starting my own company for hitting lessons because I I've always been, you know, the mindset of like, uh, kind of entre- entrepreneurial. We, we can try and afterwards. I've been always kind of entrepreneurial, so I started my own company for baseball lessons because I was like, that's a, a commodity that there's not not a lot of people have a professional athlete who played at UW and is now a professional baseball player in Snohomish, Washington, and surrounding area. Yeah. Um, there's a handful of us that we all worked out together, but um, nobody's doing lessons. And so you, you get paid really, really well for that stuff, but it's 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. and weekends. So you go work out, you train, you do all that stuff, and then you got to go do lessons for kids. So you're doing baseball 24-7 in the off season. Otherwise, you know, if I don't stack, stack up that 30 grand in the off season, which is going to slowly dwindle, right, during the season, if I don't stack that up, then – it's, I mean, you have to. You either have to or have somebody supporting you. Now, at some point, 
during all of this, did you ever did you ever stop and think about doing anything other than baseball? No. No, it was it was, <laughs> no. It. It was the only thought you that go you broke, had. Yeah. 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 Even even in growing up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. There uh part of me I mean if it was if it was not baseball, it was another sport. So it was always athletics. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It, but that's I mean, how many of your friends you probably is the same way, right? Yeah. The, the, you yeah, hold on to the dream until it's taken from you. Yeah. My, right. My friend is, uh, is playing baseball right now, and he's like way too many games this summer. He's he's like he's he's had a game like every single day up until yesterday for the summer. He's just like so many games, so many games, so many games, and uh, he's just like super super into it. Thinks it's like the best sport. Can't do anything but it. It just like everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is there's a lot of people like that that aren't going to play past high school, and there's a lot of people like that that could be in the big leagues. It's just you never – the love well, – that's, that's the hard part about it is the love of it, unfortunately. It, it took, I think Sadie you know, to ask doesn't always – Let's let Sadie ask the question no, no first, buddy. You can say something, okay? What was your favorite video game? Oh. Um – Favorite of all time, yeah. Mario Kart. <laughs> there's just you just there's you can't beat it. Just the simplest game ever. Nice. Yeah. Sandy, what were you gonna ask? Oh, did you ever have that like coach? And after you lost a game, you would be there for like an hour because he would like talk to you and like have a team meeting, and it would be like and <laughs> be so mad at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, more times than you can imagine. Um, we got home from. I want to say we played Dallas Baptist my freshman year at Dallas Baptist. And this we, is when you were playing for UW. Mm-hmm. And we went to we went and played at Lamar. Maybe maybe that was the next year. But I know we played Dallas Baptist. Um, maybe it was Oklahoma State as well. And we flew home. We played so bad. We got home at three or four in the morning, and um, our coach didn't say anything. Except he stood up on the bus when we pulled up to the locker room and said, "We'll see you at six a.m. for conditioning." <laughs> so two hours later, we were <laughs> running in lines. the Dempsey Center running, yes. and yeah, I can't repeat what he was saying, but it was not not, not, not where you want to be. We're not that unfiltered. Not here. where you want to be. That, yes, well, uh, it's that unfiltered. <laughs> in a game, if you made like on average, how many errors would you make? Because I know to me, self-discipline is like. A really big thing for me. Like, if I don't make a save in a game, it's gonna affect me for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So, like on average, how many errors would you make, and how would that affect you? This is probably my favorite stat. I, I'm gonna look it up after this just to make sure. But I'm pretty sure I had a thousand fielding percentage in my college career. So I don't think I made one error. So that, so that means he made zero errors. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a difference between fielding and hitting. Yeah. Now so I he also could have been was perfect in the field. I was a, yes, and I was also a right fielder, and I was our best defensive first baseman. So I, they'd do a transition where I'd come into first base, and they put a faster guy out in the outfield because we had a first baseman who could really hit, but he wasn't su- super good at defense. And so if we were ahead late in the game, they'd move me into first base to play defense. So I didn't get nearly the opportunities. It's pretty easy to have a high feeling percentage catching fly balls. So, but our team also was uh, all for two, I believe two out of the four years was number one in the country in defense. So our whole team didn't make many errors. Wow. Now, how yeah. many years were you in the minors total? I believe two and a half seasons. So that would only would equate to about two, 
two-ish years, roughly. Two-ish years. Okay. And then you left. Mm-hmm. And then got released. Got re- oh, you got released. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got released, and I had an opportunity to go. Uh, I remember I was leaving for my morning workout, like 6 a.m., and there he called me. And the guy, I had a good season. I, I mean, but I was 24, and um, my two roommates that year, they're both in the big leagues. One has already won a National League MVP, and the other one has been an all-star, I believe. And the two other guys are starting on in the major leagues right now as well. And then there was me. So we were stacked, and I was the worst one out of everybody. So they were like, hey, we just have to – like, we just have too many guys. And so they let me go, and I understood it because at that point, baseball is a business. It's not about feelings or anything. Um, and so pretty quick, I got a call for another opportunity, but – I didn't, I wasn't that disappointed. I, I didn't, couldn't figure it out. Like, my feelings were like, oh. Like, I wasn't just broken. Like, I was not crying. I wasn't distraught. I just kind of was like, all right. And I just went on to work out because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and so I took a month or so and just said, I'll let you guys know. And I basically did everything I wanted to do that you're not allowed to do while being on a contract for <laughs> Major League Baseball, which involves snowboarding and <laughs> all of those fun things. And, yeah, I just was praying about it and felt like I just took that uh, passion away to pursue it. It didn't take the passion of playing. Like so I, what was your favorite place in baseball? Home. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so now so it's something like you had a relatively soft landing because you took the time and process and you're like, you weren't distraught. So mm-hmm. This thing was taken from you, this this whole dream. But you're like, okay. The, the, the hardest part was, I, and I said it very briefly, was I was joking about the locker room um, and missing the locker room. That as being one of your favorite parts of baseball. is It's the guys. Three of them are in my wedding. I mean, they're all over the country for different teams now. But you don't – when you spend that much time with – like, I, I, you'll never spend that much time with another – group that large ever in your life because besides that it's your family that's that's a small group and so you're you're spending 12 hours minimum a day with the same guys for college was four and a half years minor leagues was a few guys rotate here and there but so that was the other part that I was like oh man these guys live in other parts of the country like I'm not gonna see them so that was that was probably the biggest bummer um outside of just playing games which was of course fun Nice. So yeah. since you were like, uh, really good and stuff, and then if you were to like go up to bat, if you were to go up to bat and everyone was like, and you guys were like losing and stuff, and it was like you were the first batter, and and then you like struck out, how would that like affect you for the rest of the game? I'm pretty delusional when I was playing. Like <laughs> I thought I was gonna get a hit every time, every time I thought I was gonna get a hit, and I think you kind of have to have that, almost like you're. Yeah, you almost confidence. yeah, you're like, "Oh, right, I'm going to save every shot at me in lacrosse, yeah. you know, if that's the correct way to say that, but um yeah, how would it affect me? I mean, there was a couple times I it was more so I would only get super angry when I would I would make the mental error. Like when I would get outside of my plan and swing at something that I decided I was not going to do. And then I was like, ah, oh, maybe. And then I'd get out. I, I would lose. I was like, 
It's your um, own self-discipline. Yes. Uh, you got that out of your own plan. Yes. And I would absolutely lose my mind. But and, like, like you, you mentally changed something, but then the ball went to what you were thinking it was going to go to originally? No, like if I was up there and it was a hitter's count, which is 2-0, that means you're primarily sitting fastball in somewhere in the middle to, you know, for me it was the middle to outer third of the plate where I could extend and try and drive something. And he tries to dump in a curveball, and I'm like, oh, he's trying to throw this over the middle of the plate. And I swing and I roll it over to first base when my whole plan was look for a fastball. That it, You just gave up on that bat because you weren't mentally sound or strong enough to stick with your approach. Like, I've, I broke so many helmets, slamming them on the ground <laughs> up in the tunnel where no one could hear me yell and, yeah. and swear. And So if you started off the, the so bat with a really good confidence level, mm-hmm. and, then you, and then you left it with, with a bad confidence level, would, you, would that, like... I never... <laughs> for the next ABs? I never left it with a bad confidence level because I, to that part, I was, I was like... I was at you know delusional confidence, thinking that thirty percent out of t- <laughs> at hundred percent is good, um, which technically it is in baseball. But no, every time I went up there, I I've, I think that came with the preparation of like I know what I'm gonna do, and if the ball shows up in my plan, it's it's gonna be good. And so whether or not I got out was not necessarily the it wasn't the out it wasn't outcome based. It was more you know. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I stuck to it. I executed it, and I still got out. Darn it. Or the guy threw 103 past me, and I struck out. Well, good, you know, good job. I'll what? Try what again next time. Yeah, try again next time. What is your favorite, like, uh, base to play at in baseball? Uh, I was handicapped by being left-handed, so I could only play first base. Which I loved. That was my by far my favorite position because it's all. It's like if I could have played catcher, I would have done that. But so, left-handed can't do that. So how did we get transition from every child's dream mm-hmm. athletics to now insurance? I mean, they're pretty equal, pretty much the same. Everybody dreams of being selling and selling policies all day. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, um, well, there's a. a there's this, uh, just an underlying drive of wanting to be successful, um, whether that's healthy or not. At times it is. At times it's not if it's all you're thinking about. Because um, by nature, I want to achieve great things, and I just am going to figure out a way to do that one way or another. Insurance is not on my radar <laughs> at all. So I met John, I think I met him in 2011. And John's the, one of the partners founders yeah, at ProStar. Sorry. Yeah. Yep, owner, um, along with Eric. Met him at a Young Life camp. Just just met. And he had met my dad previously. Fast forward, I get released, realizing I don't want to do this. But now I have this company I made with a bunch of clients that are paying me really well. Because this was one of the things you did in the offseason. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, you were creating gear or merch. Gear, merch, and I was doing camps for, I created a Wolf Athletics, very simple name, but I was doing the lessons under that. I was doing camps under that and making a ton. But like I said, it was 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I was to the point where I was like, I probably should be registering for like a full business and a license and everything for this because it's getting out of hand. And um, so I met with John because I knew he started his own insurance company. It's like, well, how do you start a company? Do I need to buy a warehouse? Do I need to rent a warehouse? 
where do I go from here? And so over the course of five or so, I think, lunch meetings, um, just through talking about what I wanted to do, I realized that that's not it. I, it doesn't matter how good you're getting paid. Like, I don't, I, I, there's no freedom. You're going to work weekends. You're going to work weeknights. And then it, the worst part is in summer, you're going to be coaching. And so now you're, that's not the worst part, but the fact is, is that that's all you're going to be doing forever and ever. And I've already done that for 25 or six years to that point. Um, so it was a perfect transition to the pro star was looking to kind of replace John's, not his position, but his role so that he could oversee the growth of the company. And he, in short, he basically said, do you want to come work for me? I was like, well, what do you do? You know, it was insurance. I was like, no, <laughs> don't want to do that. No. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, what is that? Yeah, no. yeah. How old am I? I, no, I knew no. you needed it, but I didn't know why, or I thought it was just sales person trying to make a lot of money. Um, he's like, no, we do it a, a lot different. And I came and you know met you and the team and realized that it was more of, it's not just, it's not like it's commission based. Whatever you sell is is or whatever somebody's paying is directly correlated to how much you're making because you know that i would struggle with and i realized it was a vehicle where uh, as a broker you have multiple companies versus just one thing to offer and you're able to help people in a industry where they have to have it and it helps them to one protect their themselves and assets but also to not get taken advantage of by a company that just has one thing and so once I heard that and working with people who really care about others, yeah, I was just like, ah, this is a no-brainer, especially I didn't realize how much flexibility there truly was with, with having a role like this. And so that's been a, a real blessing and excitement because I, you know, I wouldn't be able to do a standard nine-to-five. You know, I need to be out work. moving around, meeting well, people. And, and you had never sold anything before. And so you went from – Focusing on on a, you know athletics to now you're working with people and, and I selling s- on the phone. I said that a while ago, but I think I realized that I think I sold more than I did when I was doing the camps, the Could, baseball camps. Yeah, because I realized I was doing flyers. I was calling every little league in the, the vicinity, trying to get access to their team rosters and coaches, and and calling parents and families and offering hitting lessons. And so I think I did a fair amount more than I realized, but it was out of survival <laughs> necessity. Um, but I realized I also enjoy teaching and I didn't realize how much there was of that in insurance as well. Cause it's very unknown to a lot of people. So, and you're, you're, and you're how old now? Uh, 32. Okay. Yes. And, and you could say you've had two, two life careers so far, athletics and now insurance. Yeah. And I know for me, I got to a point where I did construction management and then title insurance like 10 years. And I was, Similar to you now, mid thirties mm-hmm. with a house, married and a kid, and I almost had like a little mini life crisis. Like, do I want to do title insurance for the rest Forever, of my life? Yeah, yeah. And I have made some differences yeah. since. So, do you feel that sense coming on at all? I mean, you're still still young and a lot in front of you. So, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's. I don't know what um, kind of your day to day was there, but. Um, just the job we have is there is so much flexibility or change or um, different markets that we can expand into and help people in different ways. But also um, I think it's just ever evolving and that's what is more exciting about it is 
you're not having to show up and do the same exact thing every day. That's pretty monotone. Something good or bad can come up, but then you're also this this industry is is able to provide. I don't want to say lifestyle, but the ability to get out and be with people in the world to serve. I can go play at my wife's fifth grade basketball game every year against the other fifth graders and dominate them. You got staff versus the kids. Yeah, staff versus students, and so I get to go play. Or staff spouse. Yeah, or staff spouse, and it is a blast. Um, But just I think regardless of it being insurance, it could be something else. But the way it's structured and and the way our team is run, um, the way we participate in it, makes it something totally different than a nine-to-five. So we could be selling, I don't know, Widgets. Widgets, yeah, clothing, you know, whatever it is, and we'd find a way. It would be very similar circumstances. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't. The next, I mean, we're just talking about having more kids. So, well, somewhere between one, one day, somewhere one between one and four, could, you you could have five one day too. Plus, imagine one here. <laughs> nice. As we're getting close to wrap, wrap, wrapping up here, and thanking Brian, do you guys have any questions about anything? Um, wait, 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 Tucker, wait. let's see. Ask a question. Um, if you were to like go up to bat and you'd have this plan and then the pitcher would throw a ball but the ump would call it like a strike and it would kind of like throw you off um what your plan was how would that like affect you and stuff that's a great question the tough part is is the best sports and i know it's kind of evolving away from that but the best moments in sports a lot of them have the human element to it right whether that's good or bad a good strike call a bad strike call Mm -hmm you know, human choices made great decisions and poor ones in sports. And so when you go up there with that approach, it doesn't matter where the ball is located when he calls it a strike. It's just the fact that it was. And so now you're, you just take your next step and now you're, you kind of have to be, you got to have like a honeycomb brain where this thing happened, but it's not going to touch this thing where you're still going to just be like, okay, let's pretend that that was right down the middle. Now it's just a strike, and I just keep going with the rest of my plan as if there's a strike involved now. So it's, it's, I say it, and it sounds very easy. Hey, it's just like Ted Lasso really says, hard to do. Ted Lasso, you got to be a goldfish. No, no, no memory. Exactly. And I'm, your plan. and I'm saying this is this is easy for me to recall, but this is 20, 20 years of breathing exercises and, tr- and brain training and like how to flush those moments out faster and faster and faster when something bad happens. And that still comes into play for us in our regular. If we miss on a client, if we miss on a client or I for absolutely forgot to do something, which for doesn't somebody. happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to do something for somebody and I feel really bad about it, but I can't sit there and dwell on it. Um, just being able to flush those moments faster. It just helps in life in general, but that's, I mean, that is literally part of training. Is, is training your brain to be able to be in those moments, slow your heart rate down with just a few breaths so that you can f- focus on what's happening, not what could happen. Or like if it's like full count mm-hmm. and then um, and you're trying to look for like anything close, but it, and then like it's like not even a strike at all and it's like strike or whatever. It's- so there's a little secret. If it's full count, <clears throat> first thing, I'll, I can take you through kind of what I would do. Um, first of all, when you start a game, if it's not a turf field, 
that white line that's closest to the plate. You just, when you get up there before you dig in the box, you slowly just wipe a little bit of away, and hopefully your teammates are doing it too. And eventually, but later in the game, that inner line's gone. So then if you get a full count, you stand almost completely on top of the plate. So you've eliminated one complete half of the plate. So that if, if, if the ball is going to either hit you or it's going to be a strike. And if you can't reach it outside, it's so far outside, it's not even going to be close. So now you, if it's, if it's coming inside, you know it's a strike. And now you only have this much of the plate to protect. Because it's either going to hit you or you know what to hit. So you can eliminate things like that. Um, and make, you can make things to your advantage are a little bit easier. Oh. Hey, Tucker, we're going to have you go last, okay? No, yeah. no, so no, is that, no. You want to no, move right now? No, yeah, this no, is your last yes, question. Yes, last yes. question, buddy. What is it? Should we, should we come back to you? No. Uh, I have a question for you. What's your favorite number? 12 million. For a jersey. What happens when you like go for the ball and and but you miss it and it's actually strike? Like you swing and miss? Yeah. No. How about they hit it over the fence and you go to get it, but it went over the fence and it's yeah. But then then you're like, dang it. Like a foul ball, and you're trying to catch it, or like they hit a home yeah, run. Yeah, when no, you hit it, goes over the fence, and you try to get it. When so they hit it, you try to get it, but it went over the fence. That's a bummer because that's a home then, run. Then you're yes. like, dang it. That's right. Yeah. Well, then you just got to hit a home run when you're up, and you get it back. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Dane, Zach, any last questions? Uh, a, a while ago, you said that it's hard to watch baseball now because you can dissect the game. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Um, there's a lot of things happening. Baseball is like a athletic chess. Um, there's just a lot of things happening that nobody knows are happening. You know, the hitters, depending on what count he's in, he studied film on this pitcher, on how he pitches, depending on what pitcher it is, what the score is, and you know what time in the game it is. He has a pretty good idea of what pitches he's going to want to pitch him. And he's faced him probably 25 times, so he knows how he's going to pitch him. So that's just a chess match between those two. And then the infielders, depending on you know how athletic they are, they might be fav- um, favoring one side of the infield or not, depending on if the pitcher's throwing off speed or not. So you know the shortstop might move towards second base if a lefty hitter's up and they're going to throw him an off speed on an 0-2 count. The shortstop could be shading that way. And so that's a, a lot to get into. And then the outfielders have cards, and they're what, they're giving each other signals on what pitch is coming on every single pitch so they can get different jumps on fly balls. And so there's just so many things happening that um, it's all preparation, so it looks like nothing's happening. But there's just a lot of little nuances where, like hockey, I have no idea what's happening, so I can just be a fan. <laughs> so... Same with lacrosse. So, so when you're watching it, it's you're just like actually know what's happening. So it's it's like harder for you to watch it, or it's you, it's um, like 
it's, it's not, not hard to watch. It's you're with like yeah, like you like you mentioned with football or hockey, you can sit back and enjoy it just to be a fan of the game. Yeah, exactly. Like football, I know how to play the game, but I wasn't the one preparing defensive schemes against a quarterback or creating offensive play that had to break down a defense and score. So when you're watching like, so when you're watching baseball, you're just like you have that competitive sense for the people playing. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Like, you're putting yourself in their shoes, and so yeah. then your brain doesn't turn off all the way. Like football and soccer, when you're watching it, you've only played it for like a year, but like mm-hmm. baseball, you've played it for like 20 or whatever years. Mm-hmm. So then you actually like know, and then, you know, like you know everything. So it's like. I don't know everything, but it's my brain goes into what would I be doing right now? And so it's almost like you're participating in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. You're participating <laughs> in the game, even though you're not physically yeah. playing. Exactly. Yeah. Dana, how about you? Nice. Well, good. We, we want to thank Brian for being our first guest no on the problem. podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. Great. Well, thanks so much, everybody. And uh, we hope to see you back here next week. Bye. 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 Bye.